First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. Well, big conversations this morning involving tax authorities and sort of building, I suppose, an effective what people would call a modern tax authority. And this is uh, as part of the BRICS uh, uh, group of countries. We're, of course, a big part of BRICS. We've been holding tax meetings uh, to yesterday and again today. And uh, the theme of it is building a smart modern tax authority through leveraging people, data and technology. The commissioner at South African Revenue Services is Edward Kiesvetter. Mr. Commissioner, good morning. Stephen, good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's it's fun to focus on the technology, but I think the lesson that comes from the state capture era and how you've been trying to rebuild and succeeding in rebuilding SARS since the state capture era is how important people are. And we saw people leaving SARS during the state capture era. We saw a commissioner in charge at the time who uh, an inquiry has found did the wrong thing deliberately. Um, and now I know you've been trying to get some of those people back into SARS. How important are people in a tax authority? Great question, Stephen. People is at the center of everything we do. And we focus on the hard stuff, which is the 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 technical skills to conduct an audit, a forensic investigation, to do an an assessment of a return. Those are technical skills and we can build that capacity and we can hire capacity. Data science is another area, new area. But the area that is often neglected are what we call the soft stuff. And that's harder uh, to do. And that is about the ethos, the levels of integrity, the work ethic, You can't train that in people. Attributes are largely those values and orientations that we receive from our parents and our early upbringing. And by the time you and I are adults, we are pretty much fixed in it. You can incentivize it and you can sanction it. And we do that, but largely you have what you have by the time you hire a person. So very often organizations don't pay enough attention. And what we are saying is for people, we have to go beyond equipping with the technical skills. We have to engage them fully. We have to ensure that they can behave in a way that is professional and beyond reproach. People may not like the fact that we take money out of their pockets, but they must trust us. I sometimes wonder, you know, I've worked in different in different places, and one of the things that you sort of, you know, someone will sometimes say, that's not how we do things. Or we do things like this here. And the correct thing is to get those correct practices, right? This is how we do things. Um, Or sometimes, I mean, and this can be difficult to sort of say to someone, that's not what we do here. We don't behave like that here. We behave better than that. You know, things like that. Can can that build on itself? You build a culture on itself. And and often it does come, I think leadership matters, but leadership at every level matters in these things. And SARS is maybe the best example of that. So, and and you're, you're spot on. It starts with leadership. So what we have done, with, let me first say, what you're talking about is culture. And culture is not one big thing that you do. It is many, many little things. Every time you agree to something, every time you omit to call out bad behavior, every time you fail to reward and celebrate good behavior. So it's doing many, many little things. But also it has to do with setting clear expectations. So in what we have done is, for for example, on the first day, I wrote a letter to every employee. I made it clear where we stood on state capture. I made it clear what they can expect and hold me accountable for. 
and then followed with what I would hold them accountable for. And we had, we lived by that compact every day. In addition, we did not assume everyone would know what the behaviors are that is expected of a SARS leader. So we have a very clear leadership model sets out from the internal uh, personal proficiency to the work we do to what we stand for. And then we also have a clear framework for the engagement of people. We say every employee has five rights and it is up to us as leaders to facilitate the experience of those rights. So it is about being intentional and deliberate and very explicit as to what that compact is. It's also, I mean, you can have a leadership in an organization and, and almost take that leadership out of that organization. By what I mean is someone will point to someone and say, do you know that that person works for SARS? You know, you must take that person seriously. And I've seen organizations like that in our society where people will point to a person and say, do you know that person does, they work for this organization? I mean, you know, another sort of easier example would be, you know, um, do you know that that person worked with Sia Khaleesi or something like that? You know, there are all sorts of these examples. Mm -hmm. You can take what people, you know, what people might learn at SARS or in other places and that leadership can spread through society if it's done correctly. And, and that is where I think we fall short. We don't do enough of that broad societal leadership investment. We appoint someone as a minister in cabinet and just assume that they know what to do and how to behave. We appoint someone as a director general in a department one of the part, and we just think that they will have what they what they have. We don't pay enough attention to what are the skills and the attributes that are needed. And you are right; there is a universality about it because at public institutions, a steward mindset, a servant orientation, is at the top of the list of attributes. For example, but nowhere in an interview would that necessarily be an attribute that is sought after. Mr. Commissioner, really appreciate the time. Thank you. Edward Kiesvetter is the Commissioner at SARS.